Welcome to episode 11 of Ed's Not Dead. Boys, we are back and better than ever. Yeah. Welcome back. Excited to be back. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Robbie Dodd. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Peter Crable. Hello, Rob. And Mr. C.H. Siddons. Uh, hi. How you guys doing? Doing great, man. Honestly, I'm excited to be back. It's been... I'm a little nervous. Yeah, it's like, do we still remember how to do this? I don't. It was a nice break. It was a nice break. Yeah, I needed a... It was a band break. I needed a break from you two. <laughs> it was a hiatus. <laughs> it was a hiatus. But hiatuses usually lead to band breakups. No, you just come back with a renewed understanding of each other. That's that's the ideal uh, band hiatus situation. All right. So it's great to be back. Let's get the house cleaning out of the way. Quick update on the holidays with your families and friends. Good, Mr. Krabs? Yeah. Low-key. Uh, mom and stepdad came up. Holidays at the house. End of end of list, I would say. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico. Yeah, that, I mean that was January, like right. later, but okay. yeah, the, a little little trip out to the without the kids, without the kids to the rugged west. Very nice. Yeah, also, did so, the kids just stay home or by themselves? Yes, yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. They're they're old enough. Water, food. The yeah, four year old take care of the two year old. Exactly. Okay. That's Television. how life should be. Yeah. yeah. There's a CPS call coming. <laughs> um, Mr. Siddons, what did you do? What did you and your darling bride do? I went to Canaan Valley. West Virginia. Very nice. Did some cross-country skiing. You got a fly fishing kit for I Christmas. I did. It's awesome. All right. I do not know anything about fishing. <laughs> any any downhill skiing? No, I don't, I'm don't. i not into it anymore. I'm done. I fell about eight times cross-country skiing. I, right. don't, I don't know how to turn. Cross-country skiing? It's very hard to turn. Yeah, it's different. It's very challenging. I would not know. <laughs> it's very challenging. <laughs> I skied once in ninth grade. Did and you? I fell as soon as I got off the lift. Why did you go skiing? Was it? I was it, in the. I, it was a ski trip. I was in the ski. Yeah, club. You have to go. In no, the ski I was trip. not in the ski club. It was a trip. Yeah, it was it, a trip. Was a thing. We took a nice fancy charter bus, and yeah. it was fun. Yeah, but I didn't. I wasn't very good. Well, anyway, if it's like first. What time. about, what about uh, your holidays, Senor D? My holidays were good. Um, my dear, darling. 16-year-old dog died <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right before Christmas. That, Hermie. The Hermie. That was a big bummer yeah. for the Dodd family. But we, we rallied and we had a nice Christmas, spent time with my 90-year-old father, and we just chilled, had a good time. That's great. And um, we, had, we, had, we did get together. We had an Ed's Not Dead planning meeting, which was productive, right? I drank a lot of coffee that day. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. that was a lot of coffee. Yeah, we did get together. All right, we have a big show tonight. We are going to, at the request of Mr. Siddons, be talking about students not going to school in the District of Columbia, the D.C. public schools, but still being able to graduate. Let's do it. We're going to Let talk them go. About, we're going to talk about that, and then we are going to have – Maybe an, uh, a little bit longer segment on Dear Betsy with some new sound effects that Mr. Crable put together. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. They're pretty good. <laughs> All right. You can reach me at Dot on Twitter, Mr. Sids. At C.H. Siddons. And at Peter Crable. All right. Last thing. And uh, at Ed's Not Dead. Ed's Not Dead PC. PC. And Facebook. And Facebook. Okay. And LinkedIn. And LinkedIn. Eventually. Yep. Um Show feedback, real quick. Oh. Mr. Crable hates show feedback, but we need to <laughs> we need to do it. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky four four three three. Okay, what a great show. Podcasting is hard, but you three did a nice job. Ooh, hey. I'm adding in the emphasis. Uh, the interplay between the three of you is seamless, almost as if you like each other. 
Lol. Lols. Do we know Rocky? Lols. No, I don't know. Okay. I like the segments and believe that the segmented format will serve you well as the podcast goes forward. Great job. Look forward to hearing more. Thank you, Rocky4433. <laughs> I actually really appreciate the feedback. Thank you, Rocky. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then we got another one. I oh, think sorry. I think Robbie actually wrote this one for himself. <laughs> R-O-J-O. Rojo 1973. This is this is either your – maybe your brother. El Rojo. Uh, I feel smarter just by listening to this insightful and provocative podcast. Mr. Robert Dodd is epic. Oh, yes. It's either, it's either your son uh, no. Or your brother or you. Thank you, El Rojo. (laughs) Uh, We appreciate that. Uh, Friend of the show, Joanna Hofschneider, uh, sent an email taking great exception with Mr. Sidden's stance on private schools. Let's hear it. What Uh, did did she think about my comments? She said you're an idiot. (laughs) I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. She She just would love to debate us at some future point on the show and talk to you about private school so i would love to continue talking about that joanna's great so maybe that'll happen great okay uh there was a tweet over the weekend too from our friend ryan who posted that he was trying to entertain a two-year-old at 6 30 on saturday morning while listening to ed's not dead yeah that's my buddy ryan oh is that your buddy okay he's a teacher um and also uh the drummer in my band Is it sad that most of our feedback comes from our friends? Yes. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. It's, it's great content for young children. Yes. Um, I have two things I would like to add. Okay. Go ahead, Mr. Krabs. One, we are videotaping this show. Woo-hoo. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. So you're being watched right now. And we'll put it up on YouTube. YouTube. In, yeah. the, in the man cave. In the man cave. Yeah, so right. judge away. We had to take down some pictures. That yeah. Work, right. Um, to keep it clean. Yeah. And... Coming soon. I know we kind of promised this uh, before the break, but <laughs> you, you promised a lot before. There was break. a lot of promises. I a lot more was going to happen, but that's what that's happens okay. before breaks. But we are, uh, as we mentioned, going to have a blog, and the first blog post that will be up will be about curriculum. That's right. Very good. You are the curriculum expert. Yeah. Yes. And I, the working title is "Curriculum is not the answer." It is yeah. not. All caps? Are we doing all caps? Of course. Okay, that's the only good. way to let people know you're yelling at them. That's true. You're going to upset some curriculum people with that blog post, but it's going to be thought-provoking. Well, once you read it, you'll you'll, you'll be, be swayed. You it'll know? be provocative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, listeners, please stay tuned for the Ed's Not Dead website. It'll be coming out soon, and you'll get to read Mr. Crable's first blog. I'm very excited. Other announcements? For the good of the of the order? No, I think that's no. it. Okay. All right. Swag. So, we got sw- swag. Swag. <laughs> Where's the camera, Mr. Craig? There we go. Right, up, right over here. Yeah, the Ed's Not Dead uh, coffee mug. And the skins the on skin. our computer. <laughs> the MacBook skins. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very nice. So okay. Nice. Yeah, so you did promise a lot. We delivered. Yeah. Someday we'll have a store where people can buy them. Yeah, you know what? Do you know what? That'd be awesome. Do you know what the kids call that? The new word, merch. Merch. We got to have some merch. That's that's what they all. I think it's 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 an awful word. Merch. My my daughter Nora always talks about. Dad, I want some merch. Merch tents. Go to the merch tent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Let's get into graduation or lack thereof in the DC public schools. 
So, Mr. Siddons, go. Uh, so, you've probably heard that there there's a controversy at uh, D.C. Public School. Baloo uh, High School. B- Baloo High School. Um, and apparently, they last year, they graduated a number of students. Was it last year that they graduated? A number of students who uh, were chronically absent. One of um, ten. One of ten were chronically absent. They missed most of the academic year. Um, and, and they had received a lot of positive press last year for for sending all their folk i think 100% of their graduates went to were accepted were into. accepted into into colleges so i thought it'd be interesting to talk about not necessarily about balu specifically but perhaps the, the 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 big question is it really that important to be in high school in order to graduate Robbie, you want to start or you want me to no you go ahead um because I know, I know where you're going to go. No, it's not that important, <laughs> which is – not that it's not that important, but um, – Algebra is not important. Graduating is not important. I know. We <laughs> say nothing's important. <laughs> There's nothing is sacrosanct. No, I guess my um, – and a lot of this is just the, the comments that I read about kids that are – or that argument for, oh, these kids are absent. So one – it's okay. We said you said most of the school year. It's more than thirty days, right? So if a school year is roughly one hundred and eighty days, so it's like one out of every six days. Which yeah, that's significant. Significant, absolutely. If you expect them to be there, every absolutely. Day. I guess the part of the argument that I don't buy into is um, it doesn't prepare them for what's coming next, and it does them a disservice. And I would say, really, well, I would actually argue what does them a disservice is not giving them a high school diploma because for the rest of their life, they're not going to be able to check that box. And I can already tell you by and large what that life is going to look like if they have not checked that box, you know? And I think the other issue that this, this sort of secondary issue, I suppose is credit recovery courses. Um, so what credit recovery courses are is if you miss significant portions of the school year, and this is what DC's law actually said, you fail a course, you can take it again as right. a credit recovery option, or take it at the same time as the regular course. Well, that, well, that would <laughs> right. That would be, I guess, what was happening is they were dual enrolling kids because yes. um, they'd already missed so much, and so a lot of the consternation additionally has to do with overuse of credit recovery courses. And oh, well, they missed all this school, therefore we should just say no. You need to learn your lesson. You didn't come to school. Don't doesn't matter why. Doesn't matter about the crushing effects of poverty. You're not learning your lesson. You're not going to be prepared. And I, I got a problem with that. I think there's a lot of those arguments that are thrown around at every grade level. Well, we need to prepare them for this grade, or they have to do this because they need to know how to do whatever. Um, they need to have character education because character counts. Because they need to know how to how to sit appropriately in a chair or whatever. Uh, I, I don't think I don't really buy that argument. I don't think it's a, a an actual argument that. Holds water. It's just a we're, we're we're sitting by an arbitrary number to say that they need to be in school for 160 days or whatever. Um, what do you think? What's your thought? I might be a little more conservative or sure. tra- or traditional on this. I get. I guess. I mean. I don't know if it's a binary kind of um, proposition here, but is it more important to your point that they? have a diploma so they can check the box, if you will, like you said, or is it more important that the diploma actually means something? Because if, if in, in your way of thinking the diploma may not mean anything, but they need it, obviously 
so they can not be constrained by not having it. But um, it, I, I would argue that as educators, at least in our traditional way of thinking, time on task, being in a seat, working in a classroom, are those are the ways that we judge or or kind of mark whether kids are learning or not. Um, and so, so, so it, hold on. Everything you just mentioned had nothing to do with actual learning. No, whether, whether not, they can sit in the seat, whether I, they can. Totally agree. And there, there's enough. You can make an argument that school, in a lot of senses, it's not. Learning is important, obviously, academic learning, book learning, but also learning how to act around others and learning how to get, collaborate and learning how to talk to adults and did, learning how to did, talk to other people. And but did this article say anything about? Um, them not being in school and somehow still learning? Yeah, I think it was – and I'd have to double-check, but I think it was they were doing the credit recovery courses. They were passing and they were being given makeup work at the end to complete. So they were doing the work. It was just there's a policy. They're not meeting the policy you know, or they're not following the letter of the law set out by the policy. You miss this many days. Therefore, this is the consequence. And they were bypassing that. So I, what if they – so then I, I don't see the issue with if – they, if they show up the last day of school and they take the final exam and they pass the final exam, what is that? Does that mean that they haven't learned what they're supposed well, to learn? Yeah, and that's the other issue. I mean they're, they can miss your class or miss any class and be gone and still do the material. Well, what's that say? What's that say about teaching, the In, curriculum? All of the above, yeah. yeah. You know, I guess the other – kind of analogous argument that I come back to is thinking about homeschool. So homeschool is literally just standards-based grading. I mean, you mentioned all the other things that go into like what a grade is. And in my mind, a grade only should be, you know, knowledge. It's not how I feel about you. It's not if I like you. It's not if you can sit in your seat for 10 minutes. It's not if you're kind to others. It's do you know something or do you not know anything? Do you have basic skills or do you have no skills or do you have exceptional – whatever the case may be. And so if homeschoolers are allowed to um, do content, take content, take tests, etc., and that's solely a reflection of their knowledge, then why is that – You know, why are we holding somebody else to a different standard about how they can act? This, ar- this article does say though that transcripts are not evaluated in the D.C. public schools. So there is a question about – the the um, the courses that kids took and whether um, they took the right courses or they passed those courses. So that was something that they said in the article that they're going to the charter system does that in D.C. but the public schools don't do it. And then I, I mean I just get a little alarmed when I see that seventy five percent of twenty three hundred kids missed at least ten percent of school. So there is kind of a cost benefit analysis here too. If 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 you don't think it's important, that's fine. I, I guess I can live with that. But we do sink a tremendous amount of money into school buildings that are made for kids to come to them. And so if if they're not going to come to them and we're still going to say you graduated, well, then let's come up with another way of educating them because we're just wasting money that way. And maybe we should. I mean, did you? So I posted the article from the Bellu um, Valedictorian. Did you happen to take a look at that? I did not. Yeah. So she was the valedictorian. <laughs> that was the most arrogant. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. From 2017. And, you know, I don't pretend to know why kids, I mean, missed classes or schools or whatever, but she was able to point to a number of reasons. And one was that if you miss two classes or more than two classes, you're marked absent for the entirety of the day, mm-hmm. even if you're sitting there. Wow. Um, and another one, she, you know, she said is like the, the truth of the matter is that it is an area of high poverty. Kids are walking their little brothers, their little sisters to school. Yep. Childcare is not affordable in the city. I can tell you that from firsthand experience. And so kids are oftentimes missing school to take care of younger siblings. And these are not just anecdotes that I'm making up. This is somebody who was yeah. at the school yeah. and you know can speak to those things. So there's any number of reasons. So to your point, Robbie, well, maybe there should be a different way um, in you know what – you know what a high school diploma is, or what it means, or how you get one at Baloo in Southeast DC. You know, maybe that means something different than, you know, rural Oklahoma versus, you know, the center of San Francisco. Or I'm just trying to think of you know different areas. You know, maybe it does mean something different for each area. Yeah. What do you think, Mr. Sids? You you have uh, a, it's t- a, you have it's a, t- a little t- bit of a it can be a slippery slope in Pennsylvania. They are they're shifting a lot of the. I don't know if it's a charter school, but it's funded publicly in some ways. It's like uh, the digital learning where the, the kids stay home or they go to a computer lab and they just learn online. Right. Um, and by the way, I'm totally down with that. I, I'm about to be awarded a doctorate through never leaving my living room. Right. And I'm good with that. But it's we're, we're fighting against a system where there is no system apparently. But the traditional system of going to school from X amount of time to X amount of time in a world – where you can you can do what you want and make money when you want how you want it online do what you want online learn about what you want online so we're we're, we're asking kids to fit into a system that really doesn't fit the current day and age that we're living in and it doesn't fit the needs that a lot of our communities have um socioeconomically but did you reference a slippery slope of lowering expectations uh, I only I, because I know it, that's in you there. It, no, it's not about expectations. It's about how were you? How were you as a role, teacher when kids the role didn't of come a teacher? Class. The role of a teacher. So are we going to have massive online courses where kids just watch? You know, thousands of kids watch a teacher on a video screen. I don't know. Just the role of the teacher does. This is a completely different argument and a completely different discussion. I think, but well, no, it's not because one of the things that the valedictorian said was that. It's schools like Baloo, they have a terrible time filling positions. And so there's people in and uh, out of, true. there's people in and out of the school all year. They don't have consistent and this is and this is a generalization, but in many instances they don't have a consistent teacher. There's one person in the classroom all year. So she said, How would you feel going and having somebody different every couple months or every couple weeks or just not even knowing who's gonna be there? So I think for your argument in terms of role of the teacher Absolutely. Yeah. If there's people there that are consistent, that believe in them, and you know the, the same is true, inspiring, etc. Well, I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. But I guess Robbie, to your point, and I don't want you know to say that throw the baby out with the bathwater or whatever. I mean, you know, look, I understand that saying kids can miss school and still receive a diploma, like is a is a company tagline. That's really not a good one to have. No. But I do think it bears um, examining, well, like, what does it mean? What does the diploma mean? What does it mean to do work? What does it mean to earn something? All that stuff. I think, you know, it, it brings up those larger questions of what, right. what does it all, 
what does it all mean? Yeah. yeah. And, What's it represent? Right. What's it represent? And, and there's some that it would argue that back to my overused institutionalism, that what does a diploma really represent? Does it represent that you were just socialized in school or does it really represent learning to your point? And I think some would argue that it doesn't really represent learning. Um, there are but, arbitrary numbers that kids have to hit. They have to hit yeah, a certain amount of days. Yeah, they have to hit yeah. a certain amount of volunteer hours. They have to hit a certain amount of credits. Yeah, what are they called? Carnegie units. Carnegie units. Which is a system that's been around, which is what you know the modern high school is based on, is earning Carnegie units. You have and, to have four years, four credits of PE. Yeah. You so, have, to have three credits of whatever. But there were some irregularities in the way that they're doing this. So if you are going to make exceptions or you're going to have kind of a differentiated model based on the needs of kids, well, then say that and follow it. Don't fudge the numbers or yeah, try to I mean, mess right, around Or just with it. go backwards and justify right. it. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, they, were, they were using the 50% rule here in grading. When kids didn't even do the assignment, they were getting the 50 instead of the zero. Um, so Which was, I could argue is right. Okay. It's all fair. I'm saying is it sounds like there's a systemic issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I'm sure there's some complaints from other sides of the city. If there were, if there, if you were going to be transparent about th- these kind of policies for specific schools that don't ha- that have a high turnover rate or have these kind of attendance issues. Yeah. And what about the principal or the teachers or the school that? You know, in Chicago or Baltimore or wherever that that is able to get kids to school and makes a concerted effort to do it and and throws everything at kids to make sure they're there, they'd probably tell you, no, we we get them to school and we do it. So I but okay. I just don't want to lose that, yeah, you know, because that does happen. But let's just and I'm not saying this is the case, but let's just say for the sake of argument that Baloo was a broken school, yeah, right. And then, you know, teachers in and out and just sat there. So who loses out in that? The kids lose out. Absolutely. So they shouldn't get diplomas because right. no. the system is screwed up and yeah. the adults that the are system is set be, up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Ultimately, that's who is being punished. Right. And by no – through no fault of their own. Right. You know what I mean? If They're I came, in that neighborhood. Right. If I came yep. to work every day and nobody – like my boss and nobody showed up right. and it was different or I had four different principals over the course of six months, yeah, I'd feel some kind of way about it too. And Absolutely. Like, I'm sure my performance would suffer. But yeah. I don't think Perry Stein in this article was faulting the kids. No. I, I mean no, but, nobody's blaming the kids here and saying they they, oh, they, but you, no, you they don't, slickly ran away with their diplomas and they didn't do anything. I think that they were right, – But the underlying They argument, were looking at the system. But the underlying argument is they don't deserve it. The kids don't deserve it. I, I you, don't, you don't read that? That's, yeah, that's, I don't really, I'd I don't really say it's read implicit, that It's implicit in, in a lot of the arguments in the Twitter – the Twitters, the tweets. I'm not going on implicit. the Twitters. I'm it's going in, on the it's, article. It's implicit in the way that – the outsiders talk about it mm-hmm. like, well, they didn't, you know, they're from that neighborhood. Right. So, the, you know, they, they just stole their, and to pretend that, that to pretend that this doesn't happen at wealthier, whiter. Oh, Absolutely. Right. Right. And will that ever be a story? Getting no. excused absences, no, you know? Right. Yep. But I'm not, I'm not blaming the kids. I mean, that, and that's not how I would approach this. No, the, the system needs to be held accountable. Right. Or they need to, you know, they need to come up with a better plan. All right. Well, we will continue to follow how. Thankfully, there is no system. Systems like DP, DCPS, there isn't. No. Who, who said? Some lady. Betsy. BDV. BDV. Um, <laughs> so, thus far in Ed's Not Dead in our first season, we have talked about um, 
Crable's been a proponent of un- <laughs> oh, uh, un- ungraded schools. I just want to. I want to do. I that? just want to. Yes, un- ungraded schools. He thinks those. I be wish great. we had a sound effect for ding. Um, that algebra shouldn't be a requirement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that in college or to get into college? Oh, in just, college, just in college general. algebra. Just everywhere. In general. Just, just paint the brush everywhere. <laughs> and, then, and then kids don't have to go to school to get a diploma. Well, you know, let's right. generalize. We need Crable for that because need- he's he's <laughs> consistently outside the box. All right, folks, don't go away. When we come back, we have a special edition, Mr. Siddons does, of Dear Betsy. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 11 of Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd. I am... Joined by my buddies who are still here, Mr. Sids. I'm still here, messing up. <laughs> and Mr. Crabes, hey, who, I, hey. who I just yelled at during the break. <laughs> that was very <laughs> heated. We're not speaking. Jeez. We can't You're make, not even I, making we eye contact. Like now we're not. We're staring at you. Look, we're, we're, we're looking at this point of the triangle, so we don't have to look so at each other. So funny. I just looked, and then I just looked away really quick. All right. It is that time of the show. Maybe our favorite- It's actually usually not this time, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. It's, we're a little earlier than usual. Okay. <laughs> Dear Betsy. So I'm Betsy DeMoss. Well, I love you. A gun in the school to protect from potential grizzlies. You get the picture. It is Dear Betsy time. Very nice work, Mr. Craig. So good. That is a really nice piece of audio. I really wanted to have commentary over it, but... I think it's important for the listeners to hear it first. Got to okay. let it breathe. Well, oh, that, man. That was good. We got that on our third try. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. All right. Trying to do this stuff. So we're going to do a little bit of an extended version of Dear Betsy today because recently uh, she gave a speech where she took a very global and panoramic view of the role of the Department of Education over the last, let's say, 40 years, about 50 and she, years. And she did what, what we or what I generally do is paint a broad brush. Right. The and, broadest. Yeah. So the she, broadest. Went, she went back in history yep. and, in discussion of federal contributions to education policy and practice in this country. So, Mr. Siddons, tell us what she said. Uh, with Dear Betsy, we usually try to have a smaller amount of time devoted to her because we don't, I don't think she deserves any time uh, of discussion. Uh, but the article is from the Washington Post, and it says uh, it's basically covering a speech that she did that said that nothing that Barack Obama or George W. Bush did in education reform really worked. And she went through um, all the way back to the Carter administration, and I want to throw a few numbers at you all. See if see how good you do. I knew he was going to have some surprises. Yeah. So, uh, De- the DeVos speech by the numbers. How many times did she say the word system? Six. Uh, Fifteen. Sixteen. Oh, Very good. Nice. That. How about nice. choice or choose? Oh, God. Go high. Yeah. Um, 28. Uh, 50. <laughs> 10. Uh, that's Ten. it. How about deserve? Uh, eight. What's wrong with deserve? I deserve uh, 15. Seven. And how about eight. sycophant? Oh. <laughs> that, Zero. 
That would be One. once when she One. talked about herself with Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, no. She said that we're sycophants to the system. Oh, that's right. She right? did say that. Yeah. And then my final one is kind of related to this. How many Department of Education secretaries were actually teachers in the classroom? Oh, I would go with maybe one. Um, I thought the guy, the superintendent of Houston, uh, who was under – George W. Bush um, might have been Margaret a teacher. Spellings. No. Oh, she the only one? No, she wasn't. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were. No, no, I. Um, he Hunter was... Madeline Hunter. No, not Madeline Hunter. Oh. Madeline Hunter. <laughs> Where did she come from? <laughs> I don't know. Did she make the lesson plan template? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, one. There's the been scope one. Scope and sequence There's of one. the lesson. One. Who was it? The first one. Oh, the first one under Jimmy Carter. Okay, got yeah. it. Okay, so anyway, I was so, so you let me fumble around. When I did. You that I, was I did. Okay. I was distracted by the gurgling. All right, will you get uh, to her speech? Please? Yes. Okay. So one thing, I, uh, there's a couple quotes I wanted to pull out and ask you guys uh, a few of your opinions. The one quote that she put down was, "Think of your own experience. Sit down. Don't talk. Eyes front. Wait for the bell. Walk to the next class. Repeat." Students were trained for the assembly line then, and they still are today. What are your thoughts on that? Do you see that today? Is that your experience with education, with your schools? True and true. True and true. No. I mean, I, I, it's not that easy. Go ahead, Mr. Krabs. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think in some cases, probably. Bells ring. Bells ring. Kids go. They run down the hall and stop running. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think some of that is certainly true. But, I, you know, I think... She's equating it with... Uh, with Training them to be like mindless beings. Yeah, and I, in you know, to paint with the broadest brush out there. Yeah, okay, you know, I'm sure to s- some schools are like that, but I mean, there's a lot of schools that are not like that. And actually, I have a question for you, Robbie. Elementary schools. Ooh. Do do the, would you say that they more or less follow that model than middle schools? Oh, far less. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh. I mean, elementary schools typically don't have bells, right. maybe at the beginning and the end of the day, yeah. the, the classic school starting bell and ending bell. But um, most schedules in elementary school are fairly – I mean, they're formalized, but they're um, they're not like the – not so rote. They're not honestly like the industrial master schedule that you have in secondary education where yeah. the bells go off and you have a certain amount of classes that you have to take. I mean, Mr. Siddons, you're the one that I learned that the reason why um, desks are seated in rows is it makes it advantageous to clean the classroom. Yeah, for I mean, custodians. It, yes. So building that, service workers. So if that's not industrial – I mean I, I get yeah. what she's saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, w- and I would also say that in cases where that is – you know the case. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a problem, yeah. and that needs to be taken care of. But I, I think that doesn't look at any of the number of schools that are not no. doing that or not even she, remotely close to following she's that. She's just cherry-picking it to, yeah. to, to show how impersonal and bureaucratic and how much that style of schooling right. represents the system. I think she's been listening to the wall too much. <laughs> tell, um, t- the t- other, the other thing I wanted. What? Go ahead. I, I wanted. I wanted you to tell us about some of the federal policies that she ragged on in her speech. You want me to tell you about them? Yeah, I want you to pick one out and throw it at me and Mr. Crable. Oh, uh, how about no childs behind left? <laughs> <laughs> NCLB and. <laughs> uh, and she said that didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. And Race to the Top didn't do anything. No. And Goals 2000 didn't do anything. No, but we got money out of it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, I'm... I would I would say that the federal legislation protects or at least supports the schools that tend to have the least amount of funding and support. Yeah. Yeah, and I am, you know, her her quote was no reform efforts have done anything or changed anything. You know, and I think by the numbers that might be uh, to some degree borne out, you know, where none of those particular efforts do we see incredibly dramatic gains and we've talked about this some in terms of no child left behind as right. well as race to the top um but th- i think that's not to say that again that you know whether it was lower performing schools that did well or you know that there wasn't some benefit and then she goes so far as to say that no reform effort by any education secretary ever has done anything and it's like I mean, yeah. I just – That's just a – That's that's just ridiculous. She's just keeping it. with her administration's well, ethos, which is, she's a a sick li- which is just a lie. Right. That's a lie. And I, to be honest, though, I think part of it is that she just is unfamiliar with any other education laws. I mean, in her confirmation hearing, she didn't seem to understand what the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act was mm-hmm. and how that protects kids with disabilities and how that's tied to federal funding. She didn't seem to have any understanding whatsoever of that. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, she's been on the job a year, but I think – you know, she also nobody, has no experience with public schools. Right. Nobody before us has done anything. Yeah, that's the administration, but it's just – I mean, it's a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. The next, how, the, the how, next quote I have for you. How about the federal government's role in civil rights legislation with schools? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Could I mean, be mildly we, important. We would basically have segregated yeah. schools still um, in certain parts of this country if the federal government um, pre-education department hadn't been involved. And since the education department – um, has, has was created in the late seventies. Um, the Department of Education has had a had a large hand in civil rights issues in education that have made life better for kids. Not anymore. <laughs> um, and Common Core is dead, according to her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, Obama needs to stop telling schools what to do. Obama Core, uh, or as a, a substitute that I used to have called it, the Communist Core. <laughs> Um, all right. The other quote that I wanted to talk to you all about was the AFT. She quoted AFT survey that said 60% of teachers reported having moderate to no influence over the content and skills taught in the classroom. We've talked about autonomy before and control over what is being taught, but it just seems like a, a dire view of, of the, ed- the education that's going on in the classroom. I'll defer to Mr. Kirk, Mr. Crable on this yeah. because he is the curricul- <laughs> curriculum expert. Check out his blog. On curriculum. Oh, yeah. soon. Um, I don't know. Did, did you look up to see if that survey actually exists? No, but she could just be lying. Right. And that's the only reason I say, I mean, and it could be true. So let's, I guess for the sake of argument, instead of just dismissing it out hand, let's say it is true. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, yeah, that's a problem. You know, if teachers are saying, I'm just a machine and I just pump this out. Um, but then I guess my follow-up is, okay, well, where where and what can you do to personalize that curriculum? Where are your opportunities? Where, yeah, you can't just make something up from scratch. I would, I would venture to say most teachers don't want to do that because that's a lot of work. Right. But how can you customize it to your kids? And are you not doing it because somebody's telling you not to or because – you don't want to or because you don't know how to right. or any number of reasons. When you were a classroom teacher 
and you wrote the curriculum for Innovative Minds 1 and 2. Yes. Did anybody tell you you couldn't do that? Did no. your principal tell you you no. couldn't do that? And if anybody told me I couldn't do it, I would have said... I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to bring some dry ice in. Choice, choice words. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the lies of public education is, honestly... Both it's te- an, you've said it a lot. It's, an, it's a very autonomous oh, yeah. profession. Both teachers and principals have a tremendous amount of autonomy. Now, how much they use that margin to innovate is on them, yeah. but they have it. But there's also the the excuse of being fearful of someone coming in to see what they're doing. Yeah, which which we, it's usually they're fearful because they're watching a movie or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're watching they're Finding their computer, Nemo, right? Right. Finding Checking Nemo. email, watching sports. I wonder Center. how many times Finding Nemo has been shown, or, or like Lion King. There's a lot of Lion King being shown. You know, and I guess the other thing I want to go back to. So Common Core is dead, and you know, Common Core is certainly taking its fair share of beating from the political right, and. I'm not going to sit here and say the Common Core is the greatest thing ever and it's going to fix everything and it's not issues and there weren't problems with how it was written in conjunction with you know specific companies or whatever the case may be. But I think the argument of Common Core is terrible and Common Core doesn't do anything. I, I think most people don't actually know what the Common Core is. They think it's like these lessons, these specific lessons that everybody is doing and it's the same thing. Yeah. When really all the Common Core is is a set of exceedingly broad standards. Very now, general. Now, each yep. state takes those and they write curriculum according to it. You know, if you have a problem with that, we'll certainly like talk to your state, talk to your, you know, your local district or however. But that's a problem of implementation. I don't think if anybody was to actually read some of the Common Core standards, they're pretty innocuous and I think difficult Absolutely. to argue with. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, no. I mean – Common Core is maybe the most wrongly politicized educational issue in our lifetimes. I mean, I would agree. it was, it was, it, its genesis was a bipartisan interest in, um, uh, improving kids' knowledge to, to be able to contribute to a global economy, right? And, how many chambers of commerce, the United States Chambers of Commerce, uh, Chamber of Commerce supported Common Core? Which I mean, is a, that, quite a liberal group, uh, yeah, of people. And, and so, <laughs> as soon as as soon as it somehow jumped the shark and became associated as a progressive or liberal cause, right? Then, the, the 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 it was politicized, and conservatives didn't want to have anything to do with it. It became persona non grata. And honestly, part of the reason it came about too was to protect states from themselves. Yeah. Because you had extreme disparities between states Absolutely. and education systems. And so we're saying, well, here's some pretty decent ideas. Why don't you go with these? And let me just – I pulled this up real quick and let me just read a couple so people know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's hear this communist curriculum. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Absurd. So the standards Stalin. of mathematical practice. So make sense of problems and persevere in solving them. Ugh. Can't believe that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Can't believe this. That's use <laughs> use appropriate tools strategically. So know what tools to use given you know a specific type of problem. What the heck why, does that mean? Yeah, like, why are you trying to tell me what tool I'm supposed to use? Uh, you know, and look for and make use of structure. Ugh, so you know the co- those are dead. Those ideas, guys, are dead. so dead. The federal you, government isn't gonna, isn't going to control it anymore. You guys, even are though t- it didn't. You guys are it. too young to remember phonics versus whole language, aren't you? Some of our older listeners out there, same same kind of thing. Um, 
those that supported phonics instruction were were conservative, and those that, <laughs> those that supported whole language reading instruction were liberal or progressive. You were the Bernie Sanders of the teachers, and it was just this. It was the most. I mean, the, the Common Core thing is maybe the most ridiculous <laughs> argument, um, and it was a natural evolution in our thinking about public education, which a lot of very successful countries have national standards. Finland. Right. <laughs> North Korea. North, <laughs> North Korea has <laughs> definitely has a national standard. <laughs> That's a <slip>. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> that is hysterical. <laughs> okay, on that note. On that note, you I, got, you got I have one more read for, it, for, two parent, for two parents in the room that I wanted to get your opinion on. Uh, the quote was, parents are too often powerless in deciding what's best for their child. My question to you both as parents is to what extent should parents have a role in what is specifically taught in the classroom? I don't... Go ahead. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to walk around with a surgical resident and tell him what he should be learning. Because uh, in it, Florida, you can you it, can now petition to get things removed from the yeah. curriculum. I mean, I, I don't think um, – I think parents should have a lot of involvement in supporting schools and supporting teachers and working collaboratively with schools to get the community engaged. Um, I certainly think on an individual basis, parents should be able to – influence teachers and um principals in what way um I, what did you as a principal I, I, what did you feel was most influential for you for one parent i think anything is fair game i mean i think if if a if a parent has an issue with something in the curriculum i mean or or let's let's switch it around if a parent has an issue with something that's not in the curriculum for example right. our, our our curriculum that has largely reflected the white dominant culture in this country right i'm sure there are some african-american parents or parents of color out there that would like to have more say in our curriculum so i mean i i think i think it's that trying to find that balance of working together i think that's what public schools are there to do i i was not a principal where i put up the hand and said this is it this is how it stays i I do this is what we do um but at the same time you know there are boundaries and I guess the only thing I, mean, I agree with that. The only thing I would add, though, is in terms of parents having a say, because sometimes I think that might be it, but I also think part of her bent is you're unhappy with your child's school for any number of reasons. You know, what recourse do you have to Absolutely. to get them into better school? And, and I do think there's something to that. Um, you know, people of means have the option of... We're a little biased here. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether it's private school or you know, know how to work the system or any, you know, any number of ways to kind of improve your kids a lot if they're having issues for one reason or another. And not everybody has those resources available. Not everybody knows about that. So, you know, yeah, I do think there's something to, you know, kids that are in, that are struggling in schools, um, you know, and just be like, well, you just got to stick it out and just deal with it. Um, and, and there are times where parents run up, like let's take the special ed process for example, IEP process. There are times where parents of kids with special needs run up against the bureaucracy and the the labyrinth of procedures and um, uh, 
the appeal processes. Yeah, and- the rights that they have, understanding the rights that they have, that it can be overwhelming for a parent and, and they, they don't feel like they do have much say. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I get what she's saying. Um, and maybe public schools are too monolithic in a way where, where the systems are too closed and parents don't have as much say as they should. Um, but I'm not sure that would be any different in a charter school um, or, the- or a private school. And, and, and if you're a kid and you misbehave in a private school, you get kicked out. You don't have any say as a parent. You're gone. Right? You're gone. They don't. They can choose who they educate. And in the answer, her answer to everything is just remove all regulation, right. just take away all structures, all framework, and then it will all work itself out. Because you know, kind of like the market ideology, I guess, right. where it's just oh no, the market will correct itself, and it's a bad school, nobody will go there. And it's like, nah, doesn't work that way. Right. So she's not actually proposing anything. And that's you know, that's kind of I guess where my issue is: is there's no actual proposal to evaluate. Right. It's let's. Get rid of everything. Yeah. Unfettered right. choice. No, that yeah. has already been proven widely not to work. All right, Mr. Siddons, nice segment. I thought it was good. It was good. very good. Should we have the, the the Dear Betsy intro as the outro? Yeah, no. let's do it. You Again? Play one more Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Dear Betsy. So I'm Betsy Devon. Well, I love you. A gun in the school to protect from potential grizzlies. All right, that was okay. <laughs> that was some... jump, jump the gun a little so, bit there. Is that the hot takes music? I don't think I need to be in control of yeah. the music anymore. <laughs> He's having a hard time. Sorry. When are we going to get a producer? Uh, they the just buttons? hit the buttons for us, you know. All right. Well, we'll just use that as our hot takes intro. It is hot takes time, Mr. Krabs. Hot takes. <laughs> hot takes. Who wrote that song? Who is that thing? Hot takes. Who produced that? It is that's just a piece of musical mastery. Yeah, that's very nice. Okay, uh, this is the time in the show where we throw out educational topics, ideas, and um, we have hot takes. So yeah, they're they're quick. So we're not going to debate them. I'm just going to take an no ex- research. An ex- no, no research whatsoever. I'm going to take a, an extreme position, and you can either support or deny it. All right, let's do it. All right, so hot Number take one. hot take one. You want to, what do you want to add? I thought hot takes we could each have our own on the topic. Oh, we have to disagree with yours. Oh no. You okay. Can do. All okay. right. Okay, but you go first. Go. Okay. Ahead. All right, so my hot take is we should do away with all awards in school. So no honor roll, no most improved, no, you know, man of the year award, just no awards whatsoever in school because they leave too many kids out. Absolutely. Get rid of it. <laughs> Hundred percent. Don't need it. No, it's awful. Okay. <laughs> I think it's actually. I think it's actually damaging to children. All right. Yeah. Especially, I'm, especially those that don't get honor roll. I'm totally with you. We're all. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. So it's one of the. It's probably one of the. If 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 public education is guilty of anything, I would say awards are something that it's it's a scarlet letter of public education. I I, I will say I'm surprised that you're saying that. No, not I, because of your beliefs, but because of as a principal, I feel like if you ask most principals privately, they would probably be 
saying the same thing you did that we need to get rid of it. But yet you ask them publicly and like, no, we need to have the stickers and the pencils. Everybody gets a wristband. This goes down. This goes back sunglasses to my teaching days as an elementary classroom teacher, circa 1996, where uh, we would have an awards assembly in the all-purpose room, and each teacher would stand up and we would read our awards and I would have, uh, I don't know, let's just say 18 of 25 kids would stand up. And then I had my seven kids that sat there. um, Oh, that's painful. While they're, while they're, Oh, it happened all the time. And and we did it. And I was complicit in it and it was the way we did it. And I, and I could see on the, on the walk back to class, they looked like somebody had hit him over the head with a hammer. No. Um, so we've done that stuff. Now it gets it got a little bit better where you just give awards where um, – okay, I'm done with that. <laughs> All right. Next hot take. Go, Mr. Alfie Craig. Cohn. Read Alfie Cohn. Risk okay. of rewards. I like Alfie Cohn. So okay. good. Anyway. All right. Uh, I'm going to read the second one. Ready? Ready. Uh, teachers um, – I'm not going to have a hot take on it though. Teachers – in an evaluation year, every single year, Mr. Sids, go. Uh, no. It's too much paperwork. Okay. It doesn't actually prove growth or promote growth in teachers. And make them better? No. Okay. Mr. Krabs. Oh, that's a tough one. Evaluate them out every year. Get them fired. <laughs> <What's>, Jesus. <laughs> My God. <laughs> you have to take a position now. Jeez. That is not that was in not, the statement. I, I want to clarify for the audience. That was not my take. <laughs> I just it just it was that like, you added that. Okay. Uh, I'll on. I'll go with yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a lukewarm okay. yes. I, this I, is I, not a hot take. All right, all right. Yeah, do it. Do them every year. Do okay. them every. Evaluate year. them every year. Oh god. Uh, wasn't that a requirement of race to, the, race to the top? DC. Does oh, that's it. right. Yeah, race yeah. to the top. You had, to, and that's why certain superintendents would not adopt it because yeah. they didn't want to compromise their systems. Okay. Yeah. Next. Well, one. now it's it's just gonna be watered down. It doesn't make it as important. Also, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's possible. Okay, that that was that was one of our weaker hot takes. Okay, ne- <laughs> next next one. Not as weak as education in the news from two episodes ago, which was, <laughs> was disc- or, uh, last was, episode. Was it was so bad. Uh, tr- uh, third one. Track should we track kids into career paths? We should track kids into career paths at age twelve. So let me let me just preface this. So I I came up with this one because I just read um, Harry Potter. Like I read, oh, yeah. I read all of the books. So they have to like decide on their career paths, you know, in year four or five or something like Germany. that. Germany, very European, very yeah. European. It's a kindergarten, yeah. And it's Germ- a kindergarten Germany does that. it, and the Brits, yeah. yeah. But I just wonder, going back to our previous discussion, and I know there's inequalities. Having seen some of it in Germany, and who gets tracked into what schools. But if we were to do that, going back to our earlier discussion about you know schools and meeting the needs of kids and all that sort of stuff, you know, I do wonder if that. If that could be part of the solution as well. No. No. <laughs> no. No. No, that's read uh John Hanushak relationship between GDP and social stratification in schools. Okay. So and you'll have your answer. I don't think doesn't I'm work. Read that. What? I don't think No, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um basically it says that that countries that engage in that kind of tracking, that kind of let's Separate the wheat from the chaff, chafe, or whatever it's called. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have gone with that one. I have no idea. Separated from the carrot and the, the stick. Uh, 
that those countries don't produce as much. Okay. Okay. Problem right. solved. All right. I got one last one. Let me okay, read the last do one. It. Go ahead. All right. So this flies in the face of, I mean, like our interview two weeks ago, but the hot take is just doing away with all extracurricular activities in schools. And the, the, the data that I got on this is that about $463 per kid is spent on extracurricular activities in elementary school, 629 in middle school, and 1,124 in high school. So for a high school of 1,500 students, they're spending in the neighborhood of $1.6 million. God. Now, I don't have anything to suggest to spend in- instead of that. I think extracurricular clubs, I'm okay with. Sports, separate them. Get them out. High school sports. Don't- Separate entities. Really? Yep. Just 100%. Just clubs. And- just clubs out in the community. Get some, get some, put, put some of that money to subsidize folk, kids who, who can't afford it. Um, and get separated completely from the school. All right. Full stop. Uh, Mr. Crable, you played on a high school state championship soccer team. No. Okay. <laughs> that was a, that was a lie then like uh, five know, years like ago. Middle school. It was like a, it was, it was a club. It was not a, Okay. High, it wasn't a school sponsored. Well, I, I okay. Well, he totally just sorry. Rained the on the focus on athletics in schools, especially high schools, is it just, depends it's on disgusting. the high school. If you're talking, if, no, it's, if you're it's talking every high school. No, if you're talking Friday Night Lights, then yes. But there are examples where there's a balance. I haven't seen. I it. think extracurricular activities are an important part of a kid's experience in public school. No, I, I, I agree yes. with extracurricular activities. I'm talking about sports. I, I sports are great in high school. Come on. I'm not saying sports aren't important. I'm saying separate it from the school. Get it out of the school system. Who's going to pay for it? I don't know. <laughs> not the school system. How many teachers how many teachers go in just you, to just to coach so they can coach? I'm going to I'm going to go teach so I can coach. Yeah. Not a fan of that. Okay. Not well, a fan that, of that. That's fine, but we could have stricter rules about teaching and coaching. Oh, I yeah, had, like what? I had some really good co- uh teachers that were coaches when I was a principal. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. And let me, I, and let me like say it. my numbers there. It's, it's difficult to find. I tried to find some data on, on how much I spent on extracurricular activities. It's a little challenging to find. So mine was just from like a, a Time article, which yeah. – Interesting. I don't, I'd like to know more about that actually. Yeah. I can't it's believe Siddons is so anti-sports. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> All right. He he doesn't know anything about sports that's, either. That's, so that's, part, of that's part of the issue. That was a good match, guys. That was a really good match. That was good. It's really good. All Get right. your feet on the turf. <laughs> nice takes. Time. Nice timing. That was good. Hot takes. It's a four-four. Hot takes. All right. Well, this has been a wonderful episode, if I do say so myself. Wouldn't you agree, fellas? I would. Yes. I think we eased back into it. I think we do a good job with or without interviews. Yeah, it would have been nice to have a guest on in this show. Yeah, we need to we need to get um, a guest on in the future. We got some good ones lined up because Mr. Crable yeah. talked a bunch of smack before the break about all kinds of <laughs> great guests we were going to yeah. have. We're going to have some great guests. <laughs> I, I claimed Obama was he couldn't make That's it. True. That's true. All right, so uh, we will. Be getting our website up soon once again, and you can find Ed's Not Dead on Facebook. You can follow me at RW Dodd on Twitter at Mr. Siddons, C.H. Siddons, and at Peter Crable. And, of course, our most important Twitter handle is at Ed's Not Dead PC, right? 
All right. Uh, anything else on social media that our listeners should be aware of, Mr. Sids? Um, don't get on Twitter too much because it will bring you down. <laughs> okay. All right. But you should follow us. <laughs> All right. What's, uh, what's going on this weekend? Anything? Anything exciting? No. Nope. All right, Mr. Sidney. Oh, my mom's coming into town. Oh, nice. Yep. Okay. She doesn't listen to the show. Neither does anybody (laughs) in my family. All right. But that's okay. I'm not bitter. How about you? Band, gig, anything? Uh, I got some band practice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Watching some foosball, probably. We got some football. By the time time this airs, we will have a Super Bowl matchup. Right? Oh. Yeah. That's great. It's going to be a great match with... Footballs. Okay, let's let's end the show with with Super Bowl Super Bowl predictions. Who's going to be in it, Mr. Krabs? Um, Patriots, Eagles. Okay, Mr. Siddons. Uh, uh, Vikings and um, the Packers. <laughs> okay, and I'm going to go with the Jags and the Vikings. Oh. All right. Very nice. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to Ed's Not Dead. Please spread the word about the show. Uh, send us your feedback on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, we will read your feedback on the air once again. Uh, thanks for listening. Boys, say goodbye. Adios. Arrivederci. Thanks. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.